0: Hi everyone and welcome to the Paramount Podcast. I'm James Prescott, your host. Really great to be with you all again today. Um, I've got a great guest with me today, um, a friend of mine. um, He's editor of Christianity Magazine um, and uh, his name is Sam Howes. So welcome, Sam.
1: Thank you very much, James. Great to be here.
0: Uh, Sam and I met at a writer's day a few months ago and we kind of spent some time chatting and I thought it would be a good idea to have him on the show um got a wealth of experience in journalism and uh yeah and so I thought it'd be great to have him on on the show because this is a show about creativity and faith so kind of fits under both categories so Sam just tell us a bit about your path to journalism What, what, what was it that kind of first drew you to journalism and just tell us a bit about your journey into into journalism
1: Sure, well, thanks for having me on, James. Um, I feel uh, somewhat out of place. You've had a long list of illustrious guests on your show, and now it's a little old well, me, so thanks for having me on. Um, my, my, path to, uh, my path to journalism is, uh, is a bit of a strange one. I think if you'd asked me when I was about 18, 19, when I was about to go off to university to do journalism as a degree, if you'd asked me why, I probably would have said something like, Well, I'm no good at maths, but I'm alright at English. And to be honest with you, there was very little more to it than that, which is amazing looking back, thinking why did I go and study journalism with, with almost you know something quite small to really go on. I don't ever remember growing up as a as a young kid thinking oh, I really want to do journalism, but it just just seemed to be the the right thing, seemed to be like a good idea in terms of a degree. Um, and actually, I think I put a lot of it down to just a fantastic course. It was a very very practical course. I couldn't I couldn't get the degree. I couldn't graduate unless I'd done practical real life work experience, um, which I did for, for a few weeks for different newspapers and magazines. And it's kind of gone from there. I was telling someone actually just earlier today about how in my second year at university, one of the lecturers said that you should be freelancing now and start paying back your student loan now whilst you're in your second year. And so I kind of took that to heart a little bit and started to freelance in my second year at university. So by, by the time it uh, came to graduating, um, I kind of took a bit of a risk and thought well let's let's go freelance so I took a part-time job in a call center phoning people mm. and the rest of the time I did writing and then I gradually did less and less calling and more and more writing and the rest they say is history
0: yeah because um you I you ended up being deputy editor of Christianity today uh, Christianity sorry yeah of uh, I always get them confused uh <laughs> Most people do, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and um, then you became editor when? Last is it yeah. last year or this year? Just
1: just right at the beginning of this year. Yeah, that's right. They they do all get mixed up. So there's there's the American magazine Christianity today that was founded by Billy Graham, which is a wonderful US based that I read then us for christianity magazine we're owned by premier um our history actually goes all the way back to 1965 it started out as buzz magazine uh we're the uk's leading christian magazine and there's also christian today that people often get us mixed up with and christian today is a website so yeah between Mm -hmm. christianity today christian today and premier christianity there's a lot of confusion but i'm happy to set the record straight whenever i'm asked
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's easy to get them confused i mean to be fair i mean they've got very similar names um yeah so yeah it's an interesting journey you've been on um i mean what was what was the thing that you found most challenging on that journey into journalism like what was the the toughest lesson that you learned
1: it's a great question i I think looking back i think it was a it was a real risk to try and go freelance i mean in an ideal world, if you were to kind of picture the way your career is supposed to go, you're supposed to go to university and then get a job in journalism. And then maybe towards the end of your career, you might freelance once you've got the contacts. And the truth is, I couldn't get a job at uni. I think it was probably around the time of the recession. And even if it wasn't around the time of the recession, media jobs, even today, can be pretty difficult to get into when you're starting out from scratch with nothing but a journalism degree, or sometimes even less than that. It's a very difficult world to go into. So I think that was a was a bit of a risk. Um I had good support at the time, even from my university and some training, and kind of how to run a business because that's effectively what you're doing when you're going as a freelance journalist. You've got to, you know, you've got to do tax returns and do invoices and do the admin side of things. It's not just about the writing. So, so I think that was quite a big risk looking back. But I'm so so pleased that I did. And I kind of, as I say, I did my career. I feel like I've done my career backwards so far. And rather than going straight into a job, I started out freelancing, built up contacts, and then later on, as you say, came aboard to, to Christianity Magazine. Um, originally as a news and features journalist, um, then after a year got promoted to deputy editor, and then about a year and a half, uh, two years later got made editor, which was was a wonderful surprise when that happened at the end of last year. Um, up until that point, I've been working with with Justin Briley, um, who was editing the mag um you may know him from the very very popular podcast unbelievable which sees christians and atheists come together for a debate and discussion and uh on top of that justin was running the mag and doing an amazing job at both but felt that near this year the time was right to just focus on unbelievable and pass over to me
0: yeah yeah i've heard of that podcast i've um, i've heard that myself um i remember there's a uh, there's definitely there's a couple of episodes that rob bell was on and uh which went, I think probably went viral, didn't they? but um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, just, I've met Justin. he's great actually. Um, so but yeah, um, it must be, yeah I mean actually coming into the going freelance at what 21, 20, whatever it was, that's a big deal. I mean, like I'm, I've, I've found it challenging to get into into freelancing now, um, but to do it while I was still at university would have been, wow, that's just an incredible, incredible thing. Uh, must have you might, That kind of must have been a kind of, um, yeah, a kind of steep learning curve.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Um, and, you know, I mean, I've I brought up as a Christian family, I've always had quite a strong Christian faith, and I, I think that's an important part of the story in, in the sense of taking a big risk like that, especially financially. As you say, mm-hmm. you know, having, you've just graduated, you don't have a lot of money as a student, and to, to try and do that, Um, I can actually, I tell you what, I can actually remember going to a job interview around that time with quite a big Christian organization, who I won't name, (laughs) and their head of communications trying to give me some advice, not in the most polite way, if I'm honest, and basically Mm. telling me, look, Sam, there's no future for you in in the Christian world of journalism, There's, there's no future in this freelancing stuff, and I'd gone for a job at this big Christian organization. And, and they basically just said, just just quit, quit this whole freelancing thing. And obviously, you know, I was freelancing, but I keep my own job, so I go to the occasional interview. And, I, you know, I was massively discouraged by that, but I kind of look back and smile because I like to think I've kind of proved that wrong. Because the truth is, is, you know, and it wasn't easy, and it did take time to build up, but the truth is, actually, I did get to a point in my freelancing where it was stable, where there was decent money coming in, um, and you know, my career is taking a different different direction. I'm now full-time employed and I love doing that. And and people sometimes ask me, oh, do you prefer freelancing or, or do you prefer being full-time at Premier? And the truth is, I, I actually love both. Um, and it's just one of those lessons, isn't it? Don't let other people tell you what you can or can't do when it comes to your career or what, what is or isn't possible. Because the truth is, you know, God provided for me when I was a freelance journalist and God's provided for me now and he will do in the future. And, and that's the importance of, I think, of, of our faith And we're talking about uh, difficult things like lack of jobs in media and it not always being the best pay. Actually, I believe that, that mm. God's looking out for you at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I, I believe that too. And I'm very, very aware of that struggle as, as a writer or, a, or any kind of artist really who, you know, who's trying to make a living. Um, because I have a full-time job, which is nothing not related to my writing at all. Um, I would love to be able to make a living from from my art and not have to go for a, go to a day job, but right now I can't do that, so I'm having to basically write on my in my spare time because that's the only time I have. And um, there's always that kind of challenge of I think with with writing that you know when the money comes into it, you can lose your integrity or lose your authenticity as a writer, and that's always the challenge, isn't it? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I think that's very, very true. And there are there are great strengths to writing and not having anyone uh, paying you in the in the sense that I think then you are completely free of any kind of restrictions and this is one of the wonderful things about kind of growing up in the age of the internet where literally anyone can start a blog and start writing. I mean, there are downsides to that as well. But I think one of the plus sides is is you're, you're not restricted. One of the plus sides is the internet in general. I often say the best thing and the worst thing about the internet is that it's completely free and it's it's the it's the worst thing because some horrific stuff gets put on because anyone can put horrific stuff up. But it's also the best thing because, you know, you can have a, a Christian blogger in somewhere like Iran. Um you know what I mean? Com- communicating and, mm. and saying what they want, and there's no editor, there's no one saying you can or you can't. So, so yeah, I think sometimes if it if it becomes a becomes a job and you get paid for it, sometimes there are more restrictions because you're representing a company, or there are certain things you can and can't say. Mm. Um, and, and that's one of the wonderful things about, um, as you say, the kind of position where you're in, where you don't you're not you don't answer to anyone. In that sense, you're not. Mm. There's no one sort of yeah responsible for for what you do or don't put out, and there's no one going to censor you, which I think is a is a positive
0: that's the other thing about writing a book that i found um having the experience of having a book published that when you when you self-publish you have much more creative control over what you do and what goes into the book and i'm um, just over what, what the book looks like and everything um but you don't get the benefits of having a publisher with a big distribution list um yes. so there's kind of good there's good and bad things of, about both you know because you get you get probably get more money as well from pub, self publishing, but but again you don't have the, the distribution of a big publisher. So there's um, there's, there's there's balances between both, isn't there? Um, um, so okay, how did you find the transition between being kind of a regular journalist or a freelance journalist, or then a journalist working at, at Christianity, uh, Premier Christianity, to then going up to being the editor because obviously it's a big it's a big step up and it's a different it's a different role in a way
1: absolutely i I think the biggest thing i've felt since january is just the sheer weight of responsibility um hopefully not in a in a overly burdensome way if i'm being honest i think at times it can be and that's that's not anyone's fault it's down to down to where you're at and managing your time and focusing on the bigger picture um but but it's a huge responsibility to think that, you know, I will look at PDFs of the page of the magazine, and I'm the most senior person often who will look at those PDFs, and then next thing you know, upwards of 25,000, 30,000 people could be looking at it. So there is there's just a huge amount of responsibility in that. And wanting to wanting to serve Christians, wanting to challenge Christians, provoke Christians, there's there's a lot of different sides to the job. Um, there's all sorts of things we could talk about, about balance, about um, diversity, uh, both theological yeah. diversity and also just trying to represent the church where it's at. I mean, one of the things yeah. I've been telling people recently is, you know, if you're making this magazine maybe back in 1965, maybe you could get away with all the contributors being white, for example. But if if today you're wanting to represent the UK church in all its fullness, you can't really get away with that. And um, I'm aware that, you know, for example, just talking about our publication, the history we come from would be white, evangelical, perhaps confined to London in the southeast, and that's not where we're at today. You know, I want us to be broader geographically and in terms of racial diversity as well, and don't get me wrong, these things don't necessarily get fixed overnight, but that's the kind of direction I'm often pushing. I mean, this is just one small part of the job, but um, respond, the weight of responsibility is huge, but you know what? At the same time, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's the dream job for me. I absolutely love what I do. No complaints at all. And um, it's a genuine privilege to be overseeing a publication. And I say with such an amazing history and such a brilliant, I think, track record of opening up some big issues and explaining where Christians differ. I mean, we just did a cover story on women in the church, women in leadership. That's a classic example of where you'll have Christians with very different views. And mm. I think what the magazine is able to do is, it's not going to change your mind. You're not going to pick up that. Uh, issue of the magazine and go from being a complementarian to an egalitarian all the other way around (laughs) but what but what might happen is you might come away from that feature thinking oh okay now i understand why there are christians who think differently to me on this issue i can at least see where they're coming from even if i don't agree and that's kind of my heart for a lot of what we we put out it's actually a church unity thing it's not trying to get everyone to believe the same thing but it is trying to challenge everyone myself included to deal with opinions you know to encounter to discuss perspectives that aren't your own and people are sometimes surprised when I tell them that not everything that goes into the magazine is what I personally believe or agree with.
0: Yeah absolutely I mean that's one of the things that I've loved about the magazine is you know that you're not trying to persuade anyone or convince anyone of a certain theological position you're just trying to represent the broader spectrum of Jesus followers you know in the UK which is kind of your audience um mm. and that that's that's really really encouraging you know i mean i mean for example you you hired me to write an article on rob bell the rob bell film the heretic yeah um yeah. and i had a put out a different perspective on it than you did um yeah. and then a lot of a lot of people um who I read the article did <laughs> i got right. a few interesting comments um <laughs> I got called. Yes. Bru- I got well, called.
1: We can, we can talk about internet comments. That's a whole other discussion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got. I got called Rob Bell's um, well-paid PR man, per- <laughs> which was my favourite. Um, that was yeah. But uh, but then there are people who supported me. So I mean, so yeah. I mean, so that's what I mean. You're willing to engage with dif- different perspectives and different theological kind of perspectives, and um, that's a really, really important thing that's to true. do. Um, absolutely
1: because absolutely because nobody wants to read a magazine or a blog where it's just all of my opinions on all the latest christian films it's just not interesting it's it's much more interesting to have a diverse group of people you know writing reviews in the magazine which is yeah say exactly what asked to write that and you did a great piece on it and you brought out things about the film that um that i hadn't thought about before and you also made some comments about the film that i personally you know wouldn't really agree with but i was more than happy to publish it because it was well-written, it was interesting, and that's kind of where we're coming from. I mean, as long as it's not out-and-out out heresy, James, we'll, uh, we'll
0: happily <laughs> take your pieces. Yeah, I'm not exa- I wasn't <laughs> exactly saying that the devil is is God and that God works through the devil. Yeah, all, whatever, you find know?
1: <laughs> like Trinity or anything, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, that's going to be my next question, actually. I mean, how do you manage... I mean, obviously, you've got your own theological perspectives and your own beliefs, and so how do you manage to... Disconnect yourselves from those um, enough to allow other voices to thrive and to actually keep that balance in the magazine of different perspectives. Because it must be really, 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 really difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, I guess,
1: I wouldn't want to claim we are kind of as you know, as diverse as, as some of my earlier comments might might have implied. So, as I said, you know, we, we're not going to print anything denying the divinity of Christ, and um, we, we're not we're not there just to rile people up either. But I'll give you an example. I mean, um, our columnist, our main biblical columnist is a guy called David Instone Brewer, who is just the most amazing scholar, is involved in translating the Bible, you know, just top notch scholar, writes for us every month in a very accessible, readable way. And his column this month was about Jonah. And in David Instone Brewer's view, he doesn't doesn't think that Jonah is a kind of historical, literal story. That's his perspective on it. Mm. And... You know, that was the kind of opening of the article, and then after that, he goes on to make a different point. Um, the type, the column was actually titled Jonah's Racism, and it was a, a great piece about the meaning and the story behind Jonah, regardless of whether you think it was historical or not. Now, you know, if you'd sat me down before I received that, or when I received that piece from David, and you asked me now, Sam, do you think Jonah happened or not? Um my gut reaction, my gut feeling, maybe because of my upbringing or whatever, I probably would have said, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable in reading Jonah's historical tale. And if you ask me now, having published that piece, I think that's probably where I'd come from. I don't feel massively strongly about it. Mm. But I'm not going to tell one of the UK's greatest biblical scholars that I can't publish his piece, <laughs> because personally, I don't. I don't think he's right. Um, when it's not that big a deal, you know, if, as I say, if David had submitted a piece arguing that the Trinity isn't, isn't true, then I, I probably would have bigger issues because that's, that, that's a bigger theological issue. But, you know, what? things like that, we can agree to disagree. And if someone writes in and says, oh, I can't believe that you dared to print that column saying that Jonah may not have happened, then I say, okay, that's, that's fine, but we clearly aren't the publication for you because we are going to print stuff that will gently and respectfully challenge various Christian opinions, like I say, like I say even my own opinions on some things
0: yeah and no, that's that's really really a real positive and it's not it doesn't happen very often either um I, I haven't seen it in many other christian publications or websites um from big from kind of big organizational uh, uh, groups like yours um so here's a good question for you um what are the, what are, what's in your what's been your best and worst experiences as a journalist
1: oh wow <laughs> oh wow um Okay, the best was when Sorted Magazine asked me to go to Ibiza and drive around the new Seat Ibiza car on an all-expenses-paid trip by Seat, who put me up in a five-star hotel, gave me their new car for a weekend, uh, went to the fanciest restaurants, lying by the beach, free booze—that you know the lot. Um, that was, that was pretty outrageous. So wow. I'm forever grateful to Sorted Magazine and to Steam Leg specifically for saying, hey, Sam, do you want to go to Ibiza for a weekend? And of course the answer was yes. <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty special perk. And um, and there have been other perks, not quite as good as that, but but they do happen every now and then. I mean, I joke because my, my wife works for a magazine called Professional Jeweler, which is a magazine that goes out to the jewelry industry in the UK. And you should see the perks that she gets. So she will literally be flown All over the world by jewelry brands uh, for the kind of experiences like I had in in Ibiza, but it's far more regular for her. And the joke is, of course, that in my job, the best freebie you can hope for is maybe the occasional free book or free CD. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which, if any of the publishers are listening, don't get me wrong, I'm very, very grateful for those free books and CDs. but it is it's quite funny if you compare me and my wife and, the, and the, perks that, the perks that we get. So, yeah, don't get me wrong, there's, there's been some great perks of the job, so, so those moments are fantastic. And, you know, some of the big interviews, you know, I, I, mean, I guess you'll maybe agree with this, James, in, in some of what you're doing with a podcast like this, is you do just get to talk to some, some great people. You know, mm. in, in the time that I've been a journalist, I have honestly got to speak to some of my heroes and hopefully ask them interesting questions and... Sometimes build a bit of a rapport with them, and um, yeah, they say don't meet your heroes, don't they? But I I have to have to report that at least in the Christian world, with only a very few exceptions, in the Christian world, people are really genuine. Actually, yeah, Um, I, I talk about this quite a lot with some of the kind of big name worship leaders because I sometimes sense a bit of cynicism. Um, and I understand why when people look at some of the big name worship leaders I think, well, why are they doing a music video or well, what's, what's the kind of cool album cover about? And, you know, they're on a stage and isn't this about God? This, you know, it shouldn't be about what they're wearing or how good looking they are or the band. You know, we, we should be focusing our attention on God. I completely understand those criticisms. But, but honestly, I would say, you know, most of, if not all of those kind of well-known people I've met are such genuine people with an amazing heart for God, an amazing heart for worship. Um, and maybe this is controversial, and I say this with all respect, but, but sometimes it's the people around them, you know, when it's kind of, when you've got a PR team or you've got a publicist or you've got a publisher, sometimes it's those guys driving the society culture that way far more than it is the individual themselves. Sorry, I've gone on a complete tangent here. So um, I've talked a bit about my best experiences. What's my worst experiences as a journalist? That's a tough one um wow i think um i mean this this isn't this isn't particularly bad as such but one one thing i've one thing i've learned let's put it that way is uh, to begin with at least nobody wants to be edited (laughs) nobody actually likes yes in my experience and I think when I started out I can remember a couple of run-ins I had with editors where I was just I was young and I was proud and I thought I knew it all and you know I've got my journalism degree and to begin with there were a couple of experiences I look back now and cringe at the way I dealt with them um, and like I say they're not, they're not bad experiences they, they weren't awful but at the same time that's one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn that even I'll tell you even now I'm an editor of Christianity even now I will often send pieces to people I respect for them to check and, for, and invite them to edit it before it goes in the magazine. And I don't think I'm unusual in that respect. I think I think every journalist, hopefully, as time goes on, you realise there is great wisdom in others checking your work. So how's that?
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with that completely. I mean, I resonate with a lot of what you said because, um, yeah, I mean, having about first on the interviews, you know, I, I completely agree about the interviews. I mean, I've found every time, every person I've interviewed has been kind and friendly and respectful and genuine. Um, everyone, literally, I haven't had haven't had anyone who's not been. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree with. You. I've never had to deal with people's PR people, generally. So um, <laughs> I would love that experience. Um, but and certainly as an editor, I edit, I edit a magazine um, myself, as you know, and yeah, editing people's work is always uh, challenging and I've had emails from people whose work I've, I've published kind of asking me what why I did what I did and all that kind of thing you know <laughs> I've had those I've had those emails so
1: it's, it's <laughs> hilarious isn't it because um you will literally get e- I'm sure you've had the same you'll literally get emails from people saying you know why have you why have you edited this and you just want to write back and you want to say the clues in the job description like my name is my job description is editor and yours is this as well you think I, it's literally my job to, to adjust your work
0: <laughs> yeah exactly Yeah, I mean I always I have to put in the magazine that all submissions are subject to editorial approval and correction and all that kind of thing just so that people know Because it seems like people don't actually know, unless I put it in there. (laughs) Um, And I don't mean that any disrespect to anybody who's ever submitted to any of my magazines, if you're listening. Um, um, I should
1: quickly say the same. I should quickly say the same. But it it, it is interesting. I think sometimes we assume knowledge, don't we? I mean, the classic classic one I have is I often have people submitting poetry to the magazine. Mm. And in our 50-plus year history, I am confident in telling you, because I have looked at every single issue, we have literally never published a piece of poetry, right? And yet people send it in. So I think sometimes it is just people not perhaps understanding what the publication does or, or what what our job description is for you know for either title. Uh, and, and you know for anyone who's who's interested in writing, often the first tip I'll give them, which you know forgive me if it sounds a bit obvious, but if you're pitching to a to a magazine, read the magazine before you pitch to them. Absolutely. That, that will give you an idea of actually what
0: they'll take. Absolutely. I would would concur with that. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Do read the magazine. Yes. And it's the same when you're pitching to guest blog for somebody, you know, read the blog, read their guidelines. They usually have them Um, and, and get, get a feel for what, 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 what the site's about because um, otherwise you're just going to be getting yourself in trouble. Um so good answers this is good i'm enjoying this interview it's good um right now yeah i was going to uh, what yeah i i'll 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 I will answer this i'll this. say we've kind of covered it a little bit already but um you've done a fair amount of interviews now um yeah. um what which, which one of those was kind of the one you found kind of most kind of rewarding inspiring kind of meant the most to you
1: oh wow there's so many. Uh, I, there's, there's a few kind of people who are just, just because, you know, I'm being really honest here, but just because they're big names, you just get a bit of a kick out of it, don't you? Um, so Serrano Fiennes, that was just wonderful mm-hmm. to, to talk to him. Because sometimes you pitch for interviews and you think they'll never say yes. And when they say, when they do say yes, it's just, a, it's just really rewarding. I mean, I'll tell you, this is a bit of a random one, but someone I've actually been inspired by for a long time now is a guy called Adam Young. He's better known as Owl City, and most people would have heard his song Fireflies from, oh, goodness, quite a long time ago now.
0: Oh, I remember that but, song, yeah. Yeah, the
1: reason I find him so inspiring is you you often hear about Christians who go into music, mainstream music, and then things go a bit wrong, let's put it that way. Mm. I mean, we can probably all list... You know, some, they tend to be big American pop stars who at one time would have sort of gone to church and been Christians. And and not that you're trying to judge them, but, you know, you kind of read the headlines or you talk to them or you look at the music they're putting out and you just sort of think, not sure if they're totally there on faith. And he is one of those, he's one of, sadly, very few examples who's been incredibly successful in the mainstream music world and has not compromised his faith at all. And um, I got to talk to him a bit about that when I interviewed him a few years back now. And, um... Yeah, he's just a really lovely guy. Uh, he's He's got autism, if I remember correctly. Um, and again, you know, you think with a with a kind of uh, disability like that, you, you kind of almost worry for him a little bit, don't you? You think there's this lovely mm-hmm. young guy who's, you know, a solid Christian, and, and what's what's the sort of mainstream music world going to do to this guy? It's going to eat him up, surely. And he's just stood really firm in his faith. And to, to, to from what I've seen, at least, he's not compromising his Christianity, his integrity at all. So, so I just kind of want to big him up a bit. Uh, he makes great music anyway, but I was inspired to be able to talk to someone like that. Um, but there's been, there's been so, so many. And um, Another one more recently was John Mark Comer. He's a pastor out in Portland, and I've just been massively influenced by his work, particularly on Sabbath. I think I had a very bad attitude towards Sabbath, I think, um, even in the last couple of years. i been so much of a workaholic, never switched off. And through reading John Mark Comer's books and meeting him, Realized the importance of, of taking a day off a week from from all work, and um, he wrote this amazing book called Garden City, which is about both work and rest. As I say, he's pastoring in Portland, in a very secular city, and I think people like myself, who you know live and work in London, can learn a lot from his example of how he's building a church that's reaching out to that culture um, in a very mm-hmm. secular place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've done some amazing interviews. Um, and not just and not just in the magazine, but uh, you've done you've done you've done kind of audio and visual interviews as well, haven't you? Um, that's one of the benefits, I suppose, of being part of the Premier Group as well. Is is that? Um,
1: yeah, exactly. They throw you onto the radio as well, which is was a learning curve to begin with. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the, the Profile Podcast is where I do a lot of my audio interviews now, which is, is also a radio, a radio show on Premier Christian Radio, but yeah, the Profile Podcast, and we've had some fantastic guests on there as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, worth a listen. Um, now, yeah, we're getting, just getting on to the, the faith aspect of things. How has your own Christian journey influenced your career um, and influenced... Yeah, you're writing and I mean and vice versa how has how has your career influenced your faith and impacted your relationship with God
1: mm. yeah it's a great question I think I think on that way round, with the career impacts in the faith I think there are a few um, hazards in the job I think one of them is cynicism I think as a journalist, you are trained to question everything and everyone, and that's fine up to a point, but I think that can lead to an unhealthy amount of, of cynicism and skepticism about, about the world. So I think that's something you have to guard against. Probably probably the biggest thing I have to guard against is just having a bit of a negative attitude about everything. Um in terms of the other way round, I never set out to be a journalist who worked in the in the Christian media specifically. All that happened really was I got to uni and I was told it's a really good idea for any any journalist to have a specialist subject. If you have a specialist subject, you can mark yourself out as saying, I'm the person to write about this, not just because I'm a good writer, but because I know about it. And I guess I discovered quite quickly that the kind of the Christian world, the Christian bubble, the church, call it what you will, faith, religion more generally was somewhat of a niche uh, where I knew a little bit about it and I could use some of my specialist knowledge in in that regard. And that's basically resulted in me doing a huge amount of my work, you know, vast majority of my work in in the kind of Christian world. So that's kind of how that happened.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, and also the other way around, I mean, like, has your work kind of impacted your, your faith in any way? Like, I mean, that's a, that's, that's something I'm really curious about because you know, writing and life are kind of very, very, I found are very, very similar. (laughs) Um, If that makes sense. Mm.
1: Tell me more, in what way?
0: Well, I always find that the struggles that I have with writing, um, the challenges, are often challenges that I'm kind of facing with my own growth. Um, They're similar kinds of challenges, like being, trying to be authentic, trying to be, you know, who you really are. Um, That's something that that we think about in terms of our, our lives and how we approach our lives as well as how we approach our writing i just found that a lot of writing um echoes thing challenges that i have in my life um i guess um but that may not be true for you
1: (laughs) yeah i think i think for me it's more been about being inspired by others and this is why honestly I feel like it's the best job in the world is because in your day to day life you're getting to meet and interview and talk to people who just think about faith in a different way to you and and to be totally honest, you talk about authenticity I'll be totally honest on this point I sometimes think this hasn't happened enough where I'll do an interview with someone I think wow they've got some really important things to say and I feel like it hasn't impacted my life nearly as much as it should have done and it's all too easy just to go into an interview do your job great done dusted go away and carry on living as you are and that's why i mentioned john mark coma earlier not because you know he's the biggest name necessarily or or even the interview I'm, well i did enjoy doing that interview but not even the interview i enjoyed most doing it's actually because i feel like i allowed myself i allowed the way i connect with god to be changed through listening to what that man had to say um and again not to put him on a pedestal or say he's got all the answers but actually i just find it's all too easy to do an interview you know do the professional journalism thing and actually not let it impact your faith, which I know is crazy because people will be thinking, but you work for Christianity magazine, surely, mm. you know, and everything you do in your work and your faith is a really close connection. But I'd say actually often there isn't. And so sometimes I have to consciously work at that and allow myself to be impacted by the ideas that I'm wrestling with when I'm writing, when I'm interviewing people, and actually think it isn't just my job to broadcast this to other people and let them think about it, but I need time to process it myself and say actually are there are adjustments to my own walk with God that I should be, making off the back of what this person's telling me mm.
0: does that make sense yeah absolutely makes sense yeah that's a great answer um yeah so just what are your just to kind of close last couple of questions um what are kind of your hopes as for your kind of for your career where do you kind of see this see this going do you see i mean obviously you're doing a, you're, you've just started this job but yeah. Obviously there's a long way to, there's a long way to go in your in your in your journey. Um do you have any kind of goals or dreams or yeah. aspirations?
1: Well, I I've, I've never had a never had a five year plan or even a three year plan or a one year plan. Um I'm very mindful as well that most editors are fired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um no i i mean i say that tongue-in-cheek who knows maybe someone will play this interview back to me one day and i'll be crying into my pillow but um, (laughs) i say that slightly tongue-in-cheek i mean hopefully in my world that doesn't happen too much but um i think it comes back down to that weight of responsibility doesn't it The, the truth is i've read christianity magazine since before i wanted to go into journalism Right. But before I knew I wanted to be a journalist I read the mag and I loved the mag and I would always tell people throughout my degree look the UK's leading Christian magazine is is premier Christianity so that's why when I said earlier with the UK's leading Christian magazine I'm not crossing my fingers or I'm not doing some PR thing like, I genuinely believe that and always have done so that's why I say it's honestly the dream job and it in that sense it's hard for me to look beyond where I'm at currently just because I love what I do my kind of my allegiance, if you like, that's quite a big word, has always been to to the magazine. Don't get me wrong; Premier does some wonderful things. I'm happy to be part of the Premier brand, and I, I sit within that. But you know, Christianity magazine predates Premier, so people sometimes have you know whatever thoughts, good or bad, about Premier or Premier Christian Radio or all the many other things Premier does. And I just say that the magazine actually has its own audience, its own tone. It's not Premier Christian Radio's magazine. It's its own brand with its own audience, its own unique voice. And that's really what I'm committed to. And it's been wonderful to do more things on Premier Christian Radio and the podcasting. And I love that as well. Don't get me wrong. And, uh, yeah, so I, I'm very much a, a magazine man. Love what I do at Christianity. Mm. And, um, yeah, I honestly, hand on heart, can't can't see what, what the future might bring. I mean, even when I was uh, freelancing, I think... You know, if you told me one day you get to work for Christianity Mag, I would have been overjoyed. But the idea of heading it up, I think I would have uh, I would have laughed at that thought. Certainly at the age of I'm, at, I'm I feel incredibly lucky slash blessed, to lead as appropriate. Just mm. as an aside, do you notice how uh, some Christians don't like using the word lucky, but they'll use the word blessed in exactly the same way?
0: Yes, that's a very good point. <laughs> Isn't it? it really so, is a good point. I I, 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 <laughs> I like to use the word lucky, but I... When I'm around Christians, I find it very difficult to use because I just can feel like, oh no, that, you know, because that'll sound like I'm not very spiritual, you know, like, um, oh, I'm just blessed, I'm just blessed. <laughs> it's like, what, well, you know, luck is a, you know, a like. I guess,
1: I guess one of them kind of implies that God's involved, and the other one doesn't. But even so, it's kind of funny as an editorial team that someone had written, I think, the word. Lucky uh, in the magazine, and a couple of us queried it. Not because we had a problem with it, because we thought some of our readers might stumble over that word, so we changed the word "lucky" to "fortunate." And it's just funny, isn't it? Because mm. both words they basically mean the same thing, but yeah. one of them is is kind of easier for where our audience is at. Which hey, is fine. The last thing I want to do is criticize the audience. I love my audience. They uh, they keep me in a job at the end of the day, and I always say this and. You know, with all genuineness it's it's only because of the people who pay to advertise in the magazine the people who pay to receive every month that I'm still in a job and um, I'm so so grateful for those that that do both of those things because as it will come no surprise to anyone to hear that making a print magazine work financially is not the easiest task in 2018 agreed Um, but I'm very grateful for the team amazing team I've got around me and all those who support the magazine in that way that means that we're we're looking good and it's onwards and upwards for us
0: yeah Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, One last question. Um, There's probably a few writers listening to this. Um, Maybe some potential journalists listening to this. Um, What kind of, what words of of wisdom would you kind of have for somebody who's maybe towards the beginning of their writing or journalism journey that would, um, that you might, the most something that you would like to have heard when you were beginning your journey?
1: Mm. I'd say if you're a young journalist, if you're training or if you're about to be, or if you just want to get some experience, then I would love to hear from you. Um, One of my big passions, I guess, is in seeing other people come through. And I think because of my own background, because I started off from scratch, you know, I didn't have wealthy parents, didn't have any journalists in the family, didn't, you know, didn't have any of a media background at all. I'm really keen and conscious of kind of helping other people on that journey. So if you're starting out and you've got an idea – then you know where I am. And um, I'm really, really keen to get more UK uh, young voices in, in the magazine. Um, I think a lot of Christian culture kind of comes from America, and that's fine to a certain extent, but we're very much a UK-based publication. So if you're if you're a young writer, I'm really keen to hear from you. And in terms of advice, um, I'm just going to have to say something really cheesy and obvious, like keep going, but I think it's true. And it's very easy to, to be discouraged and beat yourself up uh, but just keep persevering. I don't have any more advice than that, really. Um, and that's that's been true of my own story. As I say, I've started out and um, slowly built it up. I, I think connected to that, one thing I would want to emphasize is in the world of social media in which we live in, where everything is so instant, where you know it's, it is kind of instant gratification culture in so many ways, I just... I worry sometimes for for younger people, and I include myself as a younger person. I'm not having a go at at those who are a bit younger than me. But I I do worry about the kind of culture we're creating for ourselves and everything being so immediate. And I just think there's something to be said, not only in the world of work and media, but in the spiritual life as well for perseverance. And that's not necessarily a value that our culture holds particularly highly, but I think as Christians it is one that we should hold highly and we should persevere and we should keep going. So
0: that's all i say. Great. Great. Thank you. Thank you for, for coming on the show as well. It's been really great having you on as a guest.
1: Oh, thank you so much, James. It's been a real pleasure. I hope some of that was uh, was helpful for people. And, um, yeah, I love what you're doing with the podcast. It's a pleasure to be on it.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope, you, uh, hope you've learned a lot and enjoyed it. And uh, take care. And we'll talk again soon.